Welcome back to Let's Learn About Random Things with your host, Carolyn Colgan. Today, we'll be learning about the history of the FFA. And I know you might be thinking, well, Caroline, what the heck is FFA and why should we trust you on it? Well, the FFA stands for Future Farmers of America. And a fun fact about Caroline is she's not just some random high school student. Oh, no, she's in the FFA. So she's a very active member and she loves it very much. But... We're getting back into the history of FFA. So, as I said previously, the FFA stands for Future Farmers of America. It is a national organization, and it helps kids are in it from, you know, basically everywhere because it's a national organization. And it's for kids in junior high, high school, and college. All right, so FFA was founded in. 1928 as a national organization for boys in rural communities. Um, Its original purpose was the education of youth in agricultural fields of study and is still recognized for its current programs, but that has changed over time as the times have changed, and now it's uh, renowned for uh, students and members for their potential leadership skills and the opportunities the agriculture industry will give them through how it's grown over the years. But in all reality, we have to go way back to 1917 for the Smith-Huzz Act. So this was the advancement in agricultural education since the Smith-Huzz Act has bettered the quality of life, not just for the America's rural and farm families, but for everyone across the globe who is fed and clothed by the American farmer. So this led to, like I said, an advancement in agriculture education, which helped jumpstart the idea for the FFA. Now we're proceeding forward to 1925, where Virginia Tech agriculture education teacher educators Henry Growth Close, Harry Sanders, Walter Newman, and Edmund McGill organized the Future Farmers of Virginia for boys in agricultural classes. Uh, the Future Farmers of Virginia stand as a model for the FFA, which is fantastic that FFA has a role model, seeing as FFA was my role model. It's quite interesting to learn about these things. So we're flashing forward into 1926. We're almost the exact same organization is being founded as the Ver- Future Farmers of Virginia. So, it's called the New Farmers of America, but it's an organization for African-American boys who are interested in agriculture, take agriculture classes, and are hopefully going to go into the field. Um, the competitions and classes it provides almost mirror exactly what the um, Future Farmers of Virginia would do, and it's crazy that, you know, almost the same exact thing's happening at two different times, but back then everything had to be separate because it's 1926. So now it's 1928 when the FFA was created, if uh, you don't remember from before, and turns out it was created during a national livestock judging competition. Um, So all these boys from basically everywhere We were like, oh my gosh, we're all doing practically the same thing. So let's get together and make it a national organization and do things like that. So they 
set it all up and had their first, what would later be known as the National FFA Convention. So now it's 1930, we've gotten to our third national convention, which if you remember, I just said, you know, it was actually a livestock judging contest, but let's not get into that now. So we're at our third national convention, it's 1930, and every, the membership of the FFA is thinking we need to amend our constitution. So they're restricting it to uh, boys under Article 3, Section B. Uh, Girls then were restricted to activities at the state and local levels uh, in the years following this uh, decision. And basically meant that girls couldn't be active in the FFA. And at the time, they really weren't seen as this was... It's all really controversial, and I really don't want to get into it. But girls were really active in the FFA at this point, and they're just like, we're going to cut them out completely. Yeah. Now we're in the year 1933, where Fredericktown, Ohio FFF members are arriving at the National Convention in their blue corduroy jackets with the FFA emblem on them. Oh, it's just so enthralling because they all just randomly decided to do this so they could look nice. And this will later be adopted as our official dress. Ah, can you believe it? So that's actually what they do at that convention. So it's just so cool to see, like, oh, you can, people can have this idea, and FFA can think it's fantastic and adopt it as part of their organization. Like, it's just so cool. So the FFA jacket has evolved over time, but it still holds the ba same base. It's a, it's a blue corduroy dress jacket with the FFA symbol on the back, and the front you have your chapter and state on the back and your name also on the front. Looks very stylish. Not very comfortable. Now we're flashing forward all the way to 1942. And as you know, um, World War II is going on right now. But I'd like to point out that FFA did not get involved. Did not not get involved. I know that's a double negative. So um, during World War II, um, tens of thousands FFA members served in the uh, armed services and national conventions were basically slamming to a halt. It was only if you were delegates or award winners. That's all who got to attend national convention because all of, all of, basically all of the FFA had gone off and served in the military to help our great nation during troubling times, which it just sounds empowering to me. And I wanted to include this in the history of the FFA. All right, we're going to hit a bunch of years all right in a row because nothing much is happening in them. All right, so in 1947, the first National FFA band performed at the National FFA convention. Um, these guys are awesome. You're sitting in your seats, and all of a sudden you hear these drums, and the drum line walks in from both sides. And, like, these guys are really good players, too. And it, it's just so fun to watch, seeing as I've been in National Convention. They're really good. It's something that I'm glad that we have. In 1948, the uh, first FFA chorus um, and National FFA Talent Program was held at the National FFA Convention. The chorus at National Convention is amazing. Like, it's hard to think that those students are in high school like me, but they are, and they sound great. Um, the talent program is basically a talent competition, 
And it's cool to see people across the nation doing things up on stage that you might be too scared to do and just rock the house with it. It's super cool. Um, in 1952, the first issue of the National Future Farmer magazine was published. And in 1957, President Harry S. Truman, um, well, not former president, um, Harry S. Truman, spoke during the National Convention. This actually kind of kickstarts a tradition where the president will come and speak at National Convention. Um, it's kind of dwindled in recent years where they send a recording because, you know, the president has better things to do. But in the 91st National Convention, which was in 2018, President Trump came and spoke at National Convention. It created quite a buzz. That's all anyone was talking about. All right, so in 1965, the uh, New Farmers of America merges with the FFA, which increases the FFA members by more than 50,000 people, which is exciting news because now we have our um, white boys and our African-American boys coming together to learn about agriculture and collaborate on it, compete with it. So our membership is growing and we're getting more people involved and very exciting. In 1966, the first National Agriculture Career Show is held at the National FFA Convention, which is now why National FFA Convention is also called Convention and Expo. So it's adding, it shows careers. You can have a bunch of booths. It's actually really cool. I learned a lot. In 1969, women are finally allowed to be in the FFA, which is just fantastic because now we can hold office, compete, and I'd like to point out a statistic. Ever since then, uh, women have held 70% of offices, and I just feel like that's a milestone, even in uh, 1969, so that's always good news. In 1971, um, the National FFA Alumni Association is established, which is great for uh, my FFA chapter because hopefully the alumni will be paying my dues. And that's what I like to hear. All right. In 1973, FFA official dress standards are created. Well, what is official dress? So you know that blue corduroy jacket I was mentioning earlier? So that is part of official dress. Both um, girls and boys have to wear the corduroy jacket. Uh, for a boy's official dress consists of a white undershirt, an FFA tie, their corduroy jacket, black slacks, and black dress shoes. For um, girls' official dress consists of um, another, again, a white undershirt, um, an FFA tie, but it's like different than a men's tie. I don't know how to explain it. And their blue corduroy jacket. Uh, at first, uh, women were only permitted to wear a um, skirt no more than an inch above the knee, black pantyhose, and heels. But it, over time, uh, women were allowed to wear pants as their official dress, dress black dress pants as their official dress, and they we can wear flats now. So I'm very excited about that. In 1976, uh, Julie Smiley from Washington is elected a national FFA vice president and is the first female to hold national um, FFA office. So that's always exciting. In 1982, 
Jan Eberly from California becomes the first female national FFA president. In 1989, the National Future Farmer magazine changes its name to FFA New Horizons. Fun fact, I still get this magazine uh, about twice a year. Uh, keeps me up to date and all that's happening in agriculture. Um, in, in 1988, the Future Farmers of America changed its name to the National FFA Organization uh, to reflect the growing diversity in agriculture. Agriculture is always growing. You think it wouldn't, but it does. In 1991, FFA chapters in the U.S. Virgin Islands and Guam, along with uh, five chapters in Microsa, are charted. So we're involving um, chapters from the territories that the U.S. are a part of. And in 1994, Chloe Forney from Illinois was the first African-American to be elected national FFA president. Um, he's also the first urban student leader. And that's kind of crazy because um, it's still kind of like up to this point, FFA is for farmers. Well, getting involved with urban kids shows, you know, what agriculture can offer them. And since the FFA is expanding its horizons, we're getting into the whole Let's help everybody with their public speaking skills and their leadership opportunities. So it's kind of a big deal that he's an urban student. And we're jumping all the way to 2009, where FFA celebrates 40 years of women in the organization. So with it being 2019, we now have 50 years in the organization, which is just really fun. Um, so these are the highlights of the FFA that I thought were important part of their history. Um, I get, like to give a huge shout out to um, the websites I got um, them from, the National FFA Archives and the um, the nationalffa.org uh, website um, under their history page. They've been a huge help. That's where I've gotten all my information. And again, um, this was a brief history of the FFA. I really hope, you know, you found it interesting and you learned something. Thank you. This is your host, Kellen uh, Colgan, signing off. I'll see you next week.